0: All right, episode forty-nine of Borderline. We will celebrate next week with number fifty. Do we get rings or something like that? When we, get I don't the- know.
1: That's pretty upsetting that we're a, we're a week behind or an episode behind ACL uh, inside the ACL or whatever.
0: I know because I felt like we only took like a couple of weeks off, and I saw I that they're thought on. Thought we started already. the
1: same week they did, but somehow they're at fifty and we're at forty-nine. So I think they're
0: cheating. they
1: they're, they, they snuck one in on us somewhere.
0: I thought nonsense. we did one over the holidays that they didn't do
1: I, I i I'm telling you I think they snuck one in on us somewhere yeah
0: they're they're lying about their number but and, and well you know what technically though technically this is number fifty I guess not officially but technically it is because we had that uh we had a couple of preview um, hmm. previews that we did not previews a couple of uh bag reveals that we did like I don't think I counted. Well, yeah. I think I, I think I did count Matt and Jamie as an episode, but I don't think I counted Eric and Timmy as an episode. So technically, I think. Say so, hey! I, 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 wait a second. And, and remember, we did our very first episode with Stacy, with yes. Stacy Moore, and and it was just it was just a a uh, what do you call yeah. it? A, not, not a trailer. It was just like a demo.
1: Right. It, it was, so it was our pilot Our pilot episode. Our pilot,
0: yeah. It was our pilot episode. So technically, I think we're at, actually like 51, but yeah. whatever. We'll, so we'll celebrate suck that. it inside the ACO. You're behind it. us. Oh, man. So you and I, let's just get right into me, Jeff and Bernie. Um, okay. Two words. Moving sucks. And you moving and I were just talking about this. Sucks. And in all seriousness, I mean, not that I'm an old guy, but the older that I get, the harder that it is. And, and you were just saying that, you know, since you and Julie have been through this whole thing, this whole debacle with your guys' uh, condo or townhome um, and, and getting ready to move, it does. It puts you, it puts you in a funk. And, and I do. I feel like I've, I've been in a bad funk. You know, we sold our house, made money, which was nice. We were excited. But it's like that honeymoon lasted a split second because then we, we had to move out of there, put everything in storage, had to move into an apartment for the last six months. Um, we had a lot in Myrtle beach. We were thinking about building. i um, decided to stay in Charleston cause we love it here. And one of our daughters has moved here and, um, you know, not when, when Noel comes home from college, she's going to want to c- come home and be here. So yeah. we decided, decided to stay in, in Charleston. And, uh, so we find this house. So now we had to get everything out of storage, move into this house boxes everywhere and I, I get it, you know, hashtag first world problems, but it doesn't make it easy. It really sucks. I mean, it really, it, it's, it, there's a reason why it's one of like the, the biggest five relationship stressors, right? Like yeah. divorce, money. I think moving is one of the top five. It's it, without it, question. It sucks, man. Cause you know, look, I, I'm kind of jealous of you
1: in a way, like we're trying to get to that point. We can sell it and make some money because we're having to spend a lot of money Yeah. that we don't really have. You know I mean? We're kind of, it's kind of all on credit cards and kind of fingers crossed. We get it back when we sell. Right. I mean, it's, it's very stressful. However, I will say if you get a chance, if you get a chance it'll make you feel better. Okay. Go watch this is 40 Melissa McCartney bloopers. The Outtakes Yep. It's when she just goes on this rant and it is the most profanity violence laden rant ever and it is his <laughs> Hysterical. It sounds funny. It, it's, already. It, it's it's the funniest thing you will see, and she's going to, and you can see the other actors trying to keep a straight face, and they can't do it, but they keep it rolling, and she is just laying into people, and it's like that has to feel so good just to let that loose.
0: Yeah, I, I feel then, like I i feel like I I want to do that. I'm getting I'm getting very grumpy, and yeah. I'm get I'm getting this close to. I, I think I told you the the debacle with Best Buy, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, back and into the pillar. I can't remember. I can't remember what I've what I've talked about when I have. I mean, I am this close to absolutely just going off on somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would right? feel really good.
1: I mean, just I mean, just letting loose. It's, it's funny you say that. I had a had a stepdad way back in the seventies, early eighties. He yelled at everybody. Just, I mean, just constantly yelled at everybody that was in some sort of field of work where they were customer service based. He yeah. laid into those people and it was awful to be around, but man, he must've felt pretty good actually.
0: Yeah, I bet he did get all that. <laughs> see, see, Kathy, Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, not, not that Kathy's that way. She doesn't yell at people, but she says that when you do stuff and she's a nurse, so I trust her, obviously. Um, when she, when you do stuff like that, there is a physical, um, benefit to someone yeah. who does that because, because you get it off your chest and you get it off your mind. So you're right. Maybe, maybe it helped him in some sort. She's, pro- you know, she's probably, you know,
1: she's probably taught. Talk- I've read studies, you know, and it's, if you've ever been to a funeral, not to be that way, but if you've been to a funeral and you see the two or three people that are just so upset, right, screaming, crying loud, they tend to deal with it better because they're getting it out. They're letting it all go where the people that are being stoic and trying to you know, take it all in and be there and you know, blah, 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 they tend to hold that a really long time because it's not getting out, it's staying in there.
0: Yeah, they're they're processing it. Yeah.
1: Right. Even though it may be embarrassing, right? And it may seem like it's a little over the top and, you know, not socially okay, they probably feel better three months down the road compared to the person who's trying to be stoic yeah. and you know. But I don't disagree I mean, I, with you. Yeah. And I, 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 I I wish I, I could be that way. I'm kind of in between, I think.
0: I hate funerals. I, I really I mean who, obviously who no likes one, I know I know no one likes them. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> no one likes funerals. <laughs> but I, I really don't, like, I, I really, like my uncle, he would never go to anyone's funeral. I'm that way. Um, he would go, he would go pay his respects and, and you know, at, at the graveside, but but he would never go to a funeral.
2: And I've been a kinda, couple kinda, as I'm
0: getting older now, I'm, I'm like, gosh, I'm like, you know, I don't even know if I want to, like my mom, my mom's this way. My mom does not want to have a funeral. If everyone wants to get together, and, and, you know, have a brunch or a dinner or something like that, you know, as a celebration of life thing. She said, she's totally cool with that. She does not want to have, you know, a procession and a viewing and all this stuff at a church and all that. that. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I I don't, I don't blame you. I'm not sure I want that either. It's so it's awful. You know, when I said, when my my most recent experience with that was my grandmother and um, we were super close and, uh, um, when she passed, it's, it's weird because like, and not to get religious, because this will open up a huge conversation that's going to take longer than what we have. Maybe we can do it on the next episode, but, but, you know, a lot of people think that your spirit obviously leaves your body, right? And goes, it goes somewhere else. And when, when my grandmother, I don't know if I've ever really thought that before, but when my grandmother died and I went to her viewing and I saw her laying there in the coffin, it wasn't her. It was not her. It was just this empty shell of skin and bones and her because she had such spunk and she was about five feet one, maybe. And mm-hmm. she had such spunk and life and energy and she was into everything. She loved I played the drums. She loved when I learned how to ride a skateboard. She would she would take my bike and ride it up and down the street uh, when she comes. I mean, she just had, you know, just th- this great uh, um, spirit about her. And when she was laying there in the coffin, it wasn't her. It's like she yeah. was gone. She I'm was waiting. totally gone. It was so it was so wild to see. I her. was
1: I was on the bed when my grandmother passed away. I was with her when she oh, passed gosh. away with, with her last breath. And at that moment, looking over at her instantly changed. You're right. It was not that person anymore. Yeah.
0: So it's, do you th- believe that? that's
1: bizarre? I I don't know. I mean, obviously something's different because yeah. whatever life force was there in that last breath went away and they complete complexion in her face, her skin, everything changed. And she wasn't healthy. Obviously she had been in kind of a semi coma anyway. And it was at home. And, you know, my cousins, I have, uh, there's four cousins, three girls, uh, the oldest Johnny, I'm the youngest boy. And there's three girls in between. And one of my cousins was like, you know, it's so, so typical. She had to wait till the two boys were there. We were there the whole time doing all this stuff for, her, and she had to wait till the youngest boy finally showed up before she passed on. But it was just, it was just kind of funny, but, that wasn't the same person five minutes later. It just, yeah. that that was not even a, it's, it's not even a human being anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that is about. a skin it was, show. Yeah. It yeah. Was weird.
0: She was not there. She was not there. She was gone. Just like what you're describing. It's it's interesting because Kathy, um, gosh, we we actually could have Kathy on on uh, an episode of Borderline because she, being a cancer nurse for gosh uh, about twenty years, um, you talk about heavy stuff. And and there's a lot of people. I might have talked about this before on the show. I can't remember. But but there's a lot of people. You know, like you're talking about being at the bedside. You know that does happen. You have family and they come and and they're with you as you pass. But but what Kathy told me and she opened up my eyes to this. There's a lot of people who don't have family. Oh, yeah. And they die. They die alone. They die in a hospital bed of cancer by themselves. They don't have anyone to call. And so she would sit there a lot of not just her, but a lot of nurses would be there and, and they would sit by them. And she said it's just so strange because, you know, within an hour or so of them passing, you know, they would look up and they would see somebody in the corner that they knew before they pass away. And they'd start calling their name out, you know, not 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 hollering it, but saying their name out loud. I mean, she has some wild stories of being with people in the room. Yeah, as they as they passed away, it's crazy. Human, the human brain is
1: quite fascinating.
0: I know. So our guest uh, today, speaking <laughs> of uh, human brains, just, just, just <laughs> popped up a cue. He's probably like, "What the hell is our going daughter, on in this show?" I'm talking this guy, this got deep quick. Yeah, we yeah. went from talking about about Ethernet speeds before we hopped on to talking about funerals and death. What the hell is going on? Amen. So far, so far, so good, by the way, that that's the, you know, you know, the anxiety that I have Jinx. with, with this. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't even talk about it, but the anxiety <laughs> that I have with these shows because of the technical stuff behind the scenes. And so, so we have not gotten the hardwire ethernet hooked up yet. So with just two people, it's been fine. Now, as soon as our guest logs in, watch, all of a sudden we're going to lose our freaking ethernet or our internet action. Yeah. So, Only one way to find out. We'll see. So, all right, are we done with Meet Jeff and Bernie? That got that got I, deep. Quit that. That was a shit Meet Jeff and Bernie. I, I enjoyed
1: about. that one. I mean, it's 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 truly fascinating. I mean, I I've, I've watched God. I don't know how many documentaries on quote unquote you know near death experiences. You know, and then hearing speak, people discuss those. I mean, I think the I think at some point the species of humans will get to a point where they know the brain better. I think we know
0: more about the moon than we know about our own brains. It, it is fascinating.
1: You know what I mean. So I, it, it's uh, one day. Uh, here,
0: here's here, just just to show you how fascinating it is. I saw something um, about if you're trying to remember something, our brains, our brains at the at the very basic function, it works like a Rolodex. So if you sure. can even come up with with a with a first letter of something, you increase your odds by like no, maybe it's like sixty percent remembering something. That's because what dreams at, are. At its most basic function, at, your, your memory acts as a Rolodex. That very, very, very complex Rolodex. What so that thought was fascinating. They, they
1: say that's what dreams are, is your brain reshuffling, kind of, kind of reorganizing the, the Rolodex, kind of reorganizing the cards in there. And that's why people will have dreams. And this random person they haven't seen in 20 some odd years shows up in their brain. Hey, brain's just shuffling, just kind of yeah. resetting.
0: Wow. So that's,
1: yeah, that's what I mean. One day as a species, we'll figure out the brain. And then we'll move on.
0: Be scary. We'll be move scary on to the next level that, yeah.
1: at that point. Yeah.
0: All right. Time for this week's guest, and uh, we've we've been wanting to have this guy on for a while, and uh, finally get a chance to get him on. He finished the twenty twenty two season. One of the top ten players in the world had a. I, I don't know if you can really call it a breakout season because he's he's been on top before. He was the two thousand nineteen ACL world champion. Uh, he won a shootout stop this year. He has four career ACL titles. He is from Lakeland, Florida. And uh, I tell you what, just on a personal level, um, one of my favorite guys in the sports. You know, as a as a play-by-play guy, quote-unquote journalist, um, it's always great to have someone, especially when you you haven't played a sport at a high level, whether it's football, basketball, or even obviously cornhole for me, it's great to have someone to go to that you can just ask stupid questions to. Right. Like right. in the very beginning, I felt that way with Jamie and Noah. And now Tanner has become another one of those go-to guys for me where I can walk up to him and just ask him a dumb question that that maybe 256 pros, you know, know off the top of their head, but I don't know. So he's kind of my go-to guy. He's never made fun of me. He's never judged me. He's just a great guy to go to behind the scenes. He's become a great friend. So please welcome to Borderline for the first time, Tanner Halbert. What's up, Tanner? How y'all doing? Doing well, so hey, thank you so much. By the way, so obviously we can all see you're in your car, and and we'll (laughs) we'll start off with this. I mean, Tan, this is one of the great things I love about the sport of cornhole. For those of you who don't know, many of the players that, that there's becoming more and more now who who are able to do cornhole full time. And Tanner, maybe you're getting close to that. But most of the players, and Bernie, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's 90%, maybe more, have real jobs. So Tanner's one of those guys who has a real job. Yep. So, hey, I appreciate it, bud, taking time out from your lunch break in your car to join us today. Yep.
2: Coming here from the work truck uh, on my lunch break here at one of the city parks. So
1: good So time. how bad? speaking of, how bad was it for you guys in Lakeland? Obviously, Hurricane Ian kind of rolled right through you guys. How, uh, how's it been?
2: it wasn't too bad where I'm at, you know, we're, we're pretty far inland. Um, so I mean, of course we got the wind and the rain, um, uh, but, and trees down that sort, uh, myself in general, though, at my house, no damage. We had some limbs down and stuff, nothing crazy. Um, so obviously here we didn't have anything like Fort Myers, uh, anywhere down that area that was just catastrophic. And that's what the storm surge will do. Uh, yeah. We're pretty far inland. We don't really have to worry about a storm surge or anything. Uh, the high winds is really what gets us here, uh, taking down trees. Because, you know, Lakeland has – there's a lot of trees here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, falling on people's houses and stuff. So uh, we were fortunate, though. Um, <clears throat> no damage at my house. And um, we never lost power, actually, either.
1: Wow. Yeah. Are the lines buried?
2: Uh, Some are, some aren't. Where I'm at? Where I'm at? No. Huh. Uh, wow. It's yeah, actually in the it's behind my house. Uh a mangle through the trees and everything. Somehow we managed to never lose power though. So
0: Right on. Yeah, that's impressive. Hey Tanner, off the bat here, let's let's uh, tell everybody what you do. You are a city inspector for the city of Lakeland, so uh, j- just just give us kind of a quick elevator speech uh, of what exactly it is that you do every day, because I know you put in long hours every day on, on top of playing cornhole at a high level.
2: Yeah, my uh, my day consists of I do inspections on uh, driveways. We do right away inspections. We do commercial site inspections, uh, <coughs> sub sites. So uh, a lot of a lot of our stuff is site work, um, the drainage uh all that stuff falls under the site work and and the right-of-way work um and then driveways we have a certain uh standard in lakeland that um, if you do a new driveway you got to pull a permit and it's got to be built to a certain standard so we go out and check it before you pour it uh make sure you have it railed up the correct way and then when you get done pouring it we come back out and do another inspection make sure everything um was done the way it was supposed to be done
0: I, I'm smiling because I bet there have been a few times in your career where you are the most hated man in the world because we actually had an experience, not us personally, but in our neighborhood where there was uh, there was a, a, it was actually a new home and they wanted to kind of tweak the driveway a little bit. So they, they changed the driveway and changed it quite a bit, but didn't get it permitted. And the city made them come in and basically tear the whole thing up. Yep. Yeah,
1: so, it's, so, so it's, hold on.
0: Real, real talk. Has
1: there ever been a moment when someone's been like, "Hey, you know, keep it fair. Here's a little bit of something on the side. Let's just say you didn't see what we've done here." I mean, has that ever happened? Uh, has it ever been offered to put it that way? I'll, I'll, how about that question?
2: Uh, I've never really had it offered to me. Uh, <laughs> I've only been in this position about uh, probably a year and two months or so. Uh, I came, I was in the construction field. I did, uh, I did sidewalk repairs and I worked still with the city, but I was on the construction side doing sidewalk and tree work and driveways and, you know, doing the construction side of kind of what I do now. So it's kind of, it went hand in hand, basically.
0: Well, Tanner, uh, I, I'm so proud of you for the year that you had because I know how hard you work, obviously in your job that you're just talking about. Um, all of us behind the scenes know your awesome wife, Kat Halbert, who works for the ACL. So I know she's busy all the time. You guys have uh, a couple of kids. I know how busy that can that can keep you. Obviously, firsthand experience, and on top of all that. Uh, y- your game went to a whole new level. Well, I shouldn't say a whole new level. Like I was talking about, you've been there before. I mean, 2019 world champion. But I think it had been a minute before you were probably on top like this. And I, and I-, I know you wanted more wins this past season. But before we get into the nitty gritty and and uh, some other topics that I want to discuss with you, um, how did you feel your season went? I mean, I know you're disappointed. You wanted more wins. Um, but but if you can just kind of recap your system or your season, what were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, the. Overall it was good. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the way, way everything went. I played well pretty much all year other than a couple events here and there. And that happens. You know, you're not going to play uh, your greatest every time you, you get out there. Um, but overall, though, it was a good year. Uh, it wasn't great, uh, but it was good. And, and I'm, I am was satisfied. Obviously, I didn't get nearly as many wins as I would have liked to have uh, got close several times. But uh, just never closed anything out, other than the the one shootout there in Kansas. Um, so obviously, this year the goal, this year coming up, the goal is going to be to uh, try to finish out and get some more wins. You know, just push through and and get over that hump. Yeah.
1: Speaking of that, like, how hard is it for someone like yourself? Because when you start looking at talent level, you get to a certain point. All you guys, for the most part. I mean, it's kind of hard to nitpick talent, right? I mean, it's you're all so good. And what what makes someone that can get on podiums consistently is just that extra – that I don't, it, it's almost a millimeter's worth of consistency. Like, is that what you're trying to find in your game, just that one – because, I mean, think about how many bags you throw in a particular game, one that gets away. It's not a whole bunch of bags that gets away. It's one or two bags out of 100, 200 thrown – Mm-hmm. that that's that's got to be so hard to kind of rein that small level of consistency in
2: yeah i mean it's it's gonna be hard' you're, you're always gonna have that one or two the the, the, the main thing is, is reining in those getting rid, getting rid of the five six seven bad throws you have if if you can if you could tone it down to one or two uh you can manage it uh, right. give up five or six bad rounds or bad throws i mean it, it the game's over. Especially right. if you're playing, you're playing a high level player um and and for me the way i look at it i mean like you said once everybody gets to that level it's kind of to me it's who's playing the best that day and who gets who gets the who gets a little bit of a lucky here there you know who who's got the luck going their way a little bit um
1: but you, you felt that in salt lake city didn't you Yeah, that bracket final that was a little unlucky
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, it it goes both ways you know i've had it go my way and i've had it not go my way so um and you know i just i believe that eventually it'll fall my way it just just got to be the right time and place
0: tanner that was one of the greatest things that i think i heard you say to me in one of our uh pre-game interview sessions was hey this is just like any other sport we're all good and you got to catch a break. It, it's no different than in a football game, right? We talk about offensive stats, we talk about defensive stats, but at the end of the day, the big thing is always a turnover, right? Uh-huh. And and you get and you got to catch a break. And baseball, the same thing. I mean the World Series is about ready to start. We're gonna be talking about offensive stats and and the, the big thing that, that is unpredictable is errors. You got it you gotta catch a break. And I loved it when you told me that I thought it was such a real opinion. That in Cornhole, it's the same thing. You're also good. Sometimes when you're playing a Jamie Graham, a mad guy, a Noah Wooten, whoever, uh, Eric Davis. I mean, the list goes on, you got to catch a break. Yeah. You have to catch a break.
2: For sure. You know, get that one bag, maybe that they they accidentally slipped off the back, or or you get, you know, you got your four bags in, they go for a collect, and you know, they clog up and you get a few extra points. You know, it, it just you need that that break or two that, that gets you over the hump.
0: I think that's such a healthy mentality. I, I feel like it maybe maybe helps take some of the pressure off of you. Does does it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not somebody that plays with a lot of pressure to begin with. I, I just feel like I've been playing this game way too long. You know, I'm going on probably close to ten or eleven years since I first started playing, and uh, you know, it just I don't I don't try to play with a lot of pressure. Um, I mean, I do put pressure on myself just for because I know how I should perform. If I don't perform that way, then You know, I get upset with myself, but just the pressure of like people watching and stuff like that. I don't really have that anymore just because I've been around so long. Um, But the only pressure, I guess you could say at times I have is just the pressure I put on myself when I'm not performing, when I know I can or I'm not performing like I should be.
0: Yeah, yeah I, that, that, that's a great point. And, and one more thing, too, Bernie, let me just jump in real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with this experience you're talking about, Tanner, another great thing you told me this year that we talk, that Trey and I actually talked about on the broadcast is that your experience, you know, it gives you experience on the boards. I get it, you know, in and, and, and in situational throws and in the crowd. But something that you said that I never thought of before is that. You said that when someone gets on stage, on that on that, on that that broadcast stage for the first time, where they're on ESPN, on CBS, you can even feel the heat from the lights. Yeah. And I, I love that you said that. That's so descriptive. I never even thought about that. I mean, just another thing that you have to get used to.
2: Yeah, no, it, definitely. That heat. There's a lot of heat. <laughs> off I, I, I sweat to begin with. So if I'm playing out, it's our work, I'm sweating. But I get out there under that heat, man, and I, I'm for real sweating then. All
1: right, I, I've got, I've got, a, I'm going to change, th- I'm going to change speeds real quick. It's been kind of going around. It's kind of this new thing everyone's doing with some of the pros. Outside of yourself, who is your favorite player to watch? Hmm. And then, oh. second part of that question: Who's your least favorite to play against?
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, to- my least favorite to play against right now it was probably probably Mark or Jamie. You know they've got me the last few times I played them. Um, I did get Mark there in Kansas in the shootout, um, but just in general to play against my least favorite right now is probably them two. So they've got me the last few times, and you know that that I, I think about that. You know when I go up to play, I'm like, man, this guy's beat me the last couple of times. I'm ready to I'm ready to whoop him. Right. So, so,
1: so who's yeah, who's your favorite to watch? I mean, because apparently this is kind of going around now and players are kind of getting into this. And obviously it's you and a couple of it's a small group of people that everybody likes to to name, but you have to take yourself out of it. Who's your favorite player to
0: watch?
2: Oh, I've never really thought about this.
0: <laughs> um, is it a dirty player or is it a slide player? Uh oh, uh oh, Jeff. I know not. I'm not <laughs> I'm not not gonna If
2: we're gonna go (laughs) a dirty player, I would. I'd say probably like to watch somebody like Tony.
0: Yeah,
2: because the things he can do, and it's it. I don't ever see that because I don't play that game. Um, the 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 roll shots he can hit. I know there's a lot of people that can roll, um, but I feel like Tony's one of the better ones, one of the more consistent ones, and it can do the hard cuts you know, that come all the way out and your bag be right in front of the hole and it just kind of falls around your bag on the other side. <laughs> like, how in the world does that happen?
1: Yeah, how do they do that? I mean, I understand how they load it in their hands, but I can't do it if my life depended on it. How do they do that?
2: Uh, like, it's, it's the way they hold the bag and the way they release it, and there's a lot of different things. Um, I've, I've thrown the roll a little bit here recently. I'm not very consistent with it, but I have executed a few times, so if we get sticky boards, you, you might see a roll or two out of me. With with your bags, you can roll it? I have, a, out of the ones I have right now, um, I do have one that's a little bit slower. So if, and if the board, I mean, but last year the boards were sticky quite a bit uh, most of the season. So I think even if you're playing with a faster bag, the boards are going to be sticky. If they are sticky, then it's possible that it could happen.
0: All right. So since you brought it up and we're talking about bags. Here we go. um, We had Mark Pryor on a few weeks ago and just kind of talking to him about his strategy on players that he signs. I'm sure he would have loved to had uh, had you back. I'm sure you guys talked a lot about it. Um, You decided to go down a different road. So as a player, we've we've tried to talk about this a little bit, Tanner, in some other episodes Mm -hmm. about, you know, it's basically year to year. So every year you guys are becoming free agents with what bags you're going to throw. It's a huge decision to make. Um, and, and there's now becoming money involved. And that's something that, that Mark talked to us about. I mean, it's, it's all of a sudden it's, it's a lot of money that these bag manufacturers are putting up to sponsor players. So at the end of the day, why did you decide to not sign with ultra and, 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 and make a change? I mean, how difficult was that decision for you? Um, especially because you're, especially because you're going to it's AAR, right? Who's making their own bags now. Yes.
2: Yep. We, we've signed a deal with AAR for the year, um, but, you know, we, we went back and forth several days um, um, with Ultra. You know, there were several conversations back and forth. Um, partners, you know, th- there were certain people they wanted me to play with, and and I really didn't want to. Uh, I kind of told them who my options were. Um, I said, it's this person or this person, and that's that's the way it's going to be. That's who I want to play with. I don't want to I don't want to play with anybody else right now, at least. Um, that's just kind of who had my mind set on. And, um, at one point in time, they didn't agree with me. So it just ended up being that, you know, AAR came, came to us and, um, they wanted to give me a deal with one of the people I wanted to play with. So that's kind of, it's kind of where it ended. I mean, ultra did, they wanted to give me a deal with who I asked, but ultimately, um, it just came down that we had a ba- better deal with AAR.
1: How about how about the fact that bag manufacturers are trying to manipulate teams? I mean, I find that fascinating. I really do because, I mean, they're, they're doing it, right, Tan. I mean, bag manufacturers are coming to people and saying, look, we'll give you X
2: if you play with Y. Yep, that's exactly how it was.
0: I mean, I mean that's crazy. Didn't Jason, didn't Jason McCannon kind of start that whole thing by trying to put Jamie and Matt together? Wasn't he the one who kind of pioneered yep. this whole new of forced marriages. Yep. And that's tough. That's yeah. tough.
1: I mean, forcing someone to play with someone. I mean, look, you've got a partner in Easy that you, know, you had such, such chemistry with for years. It's got to be tough if someone comes to you and says, hey, I know you guys are friends. I know you've played together forever, but we're going to give you this if you dump him and go with this other person. That's got to be a tough conversation.
2: Yeah, that's basically the way it went, and um, you know, I told him, I said that's not going to work with me, um, and and ultimately we didn't come to any kind of a deal, and, and there's no hard feelings, you know. it's he's a businessman, he's doing what he thinks is best for his business, and I'm fine with that. I got I got a good deal with who who somebody I wanted to play with uh, with AAR, so it, it it's a win win for everybody.
0: Hey, Tanner, I want to ask you a tough question because going along the lines of of you playing with Eric Zocline, and again, you guys have been together for a long time, and I know you guys are super close personally as well. However, and I'm sure EZ, if if he was here right now, uh, he would say the same thing. I know he feels like he's let you down many times, and there's been many times that people have watched your guys match, and after a loss, they will walk away saying, boy, if Tanner was only with XYZ. Look what would what, what have happened. And yeah. again, I, I know it's a tough, tough question. And, and, and you know, this again, this is no dig on Eric at all. Um, how much did you guys, like, talk about that, if at all? And how difficult was this decision for you guys to stay together? Or, or is this just always going to be you and EZ playing together?
2: You know, we, we, we haven't really talked much about last year. You know we had a good year um there were there was moments where where we where we looked like you know nobody was going to beat us and then we had our moments where you know we lost games that we shouldn't lose but you know it happens um uh he, he's 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 been practicing a lot um he has a building at his house so he practiced a lot he's been working on everything so um but as for our partnership um I I told him, you know, I said, if I don't play with you, I'm going to be playing with Jordan. Um, I, and me and Jordan play everything local together. We play regional together. We play conference together. Um, and me and Jordan were trying to play together, uh, and it just didn't work out. You know, he got a deal that he it was hard for him to turn down. So um, we ended up not playing. That, that doesn't have
1: anything to do with your sister,
2: does it? No. <laughs>
0: whoa 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 wait a second what jordan i'm missing i'm missing something on this
2: in order to married to my sister
0: that's your sister yep. yeah man oh come on my in. gosh come
2: on into the inside
0: all <laughs> right now we're talking
2: one of them yeah one of my
0: when are they getting married
2: uh they get married in uh january of 2024
0: Huh. Well, okay, good. Hey, speaking of Jordan, again, not to take another turn on here. Did you guys ever talk about what happened with him? A, a year, what was that? A year and a half ago now. I mean, is, yeah, yeah. It, does that yeah. ever come up? Is, has he been honest with you? And and I, I know he's been remorseful, and I know he's he's said and done all the right things. I mean, do you guys talk about that anymore? or Is that is that just is that? We haven't
2: done? talked about it anymore. Um, you know, we talked about it after it kind of first happened a little bit, and you know he he was he was he was down for a while about it you know he he didn't realize you know what how how bad the repercussions were gonna bend for something like that uh, you know and you live and you learn you make mistakes and, and you learn from them and and he's learned from them and um he did everything he was supposed to do um I feel like to get back in he, he stayed designated ACL he traveled to a bunch of tournaments um he even came out to the the national there in Vegas for the the ring ceremony uh which he didn't have to do so you know um but you know we talked about it you know a little bit after it happened after everything and um he just said you know I've learned my mistake and, and you know that'll never happen again
1: yeah all right another another curveball ready now I'm going to go back to you Jeff cuz Jeff Tough. loves Tough Jeff interview. loves talking about is it more fun to watch someone just slide hole for hole or is it more fun to watch a dirty player play. We've had a pretty consistent group of people that have said they like to watch the dirty style game. However, you don't play that way. What was it about your game when you started playing that you were like, you know, I just, I just want to put as many bags in the hole as I can. I don't want to play this block game unless I absolutely have to. What was it about your style, your mentality that said, I want to play this way, even though some other people are playing this other way.
2: Um, and I guess the main thing is I was taught, you know, you
0: put more bags in
2: the hole than they do. You're going to win. I mean, that's just basic math. Um, but I, when I first started playing, obviously there, there was a bag with the real sticky side and it had the slick side. So back then I threw the sticky side and I was a harder thrower. Um, and once they, they started coming out with some of these slicker bags, I was testing them out, trying them out. Um, and then ultimately, um, I fell in love with it all slide and played with it for several, for a couple of years. And, and I just got used to that the softer throw and not having to force everything. And, and I felt like, you know, my body would last longer too. You know, you got to, them bags, that's a good point. Some of them real sticky bags, they're throwing them things hard. And you, your body, especially if you go on a long run, I mean, your arm and your body's got to get tired from that, I think. Right. i don't know i haven't experienced in a long time and throw hard but man I, I feel like throwing as hard as they do and and doing the different motions they do with their arms to get it to to do what they want to do i just feel like that's got to wear you out i mean i already get worn out enough just doing what i do so uh,
1: <laughs> it's almost like a pitcher right i mean it, yeah. at, at some point you got to put yourself on a, on a pitch count because you are going to hurt elbow shoulder eventually
2: yeah no i' I mean, doing what I do, I hurt the next day. So, uh, and usually for me, it's like my feet or my back just from standing up and walking so much. Not necessarily my arm, more more so my feet or my back, uh, just from all the walking and standing.
0: Especially on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. the
2: concrete is the worst, the absolute worst.
0: Yeah, Tanner. Along those same lines, I guess my opinion has always been, and and one of these days, a player will come along. And Tony, I think Tony Smith is real close. That might change my mind. I just feel like to win at a championship level consistently, it's going to be really difficult for a dirty player to do that because there is way more margin of error for that type of game than what you play and what Matt guy plays than what I, I classify Jamie as more of a, in the whole type of guy. There's yeah. some debate on that, but, but you get my point. I think with yeah. a dirty player, like an Eric Davis and a, and a Tony Smith, it's re- going to be really hard to win multiple championships at a high level consistently.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There's, there, especially on the rolls and stuff. Yeah, you know, they don't always roll right in the hole. I've seen it where they have rolled all in the hole, or they keep rolling to the left and the right, and and I, and it's setting me up for easy points. And you know, there's been games where I've played roll guys and I've dominated them. Because their role wasn't working, and there's been games where I've lost. I mean, I've lost to role guys, and even had really close games with them because their roles were working. But if they're not working, they're they're not efficient, and and you set up a lot State of times. A lot of times you set up bumpers for these guys that are just sliding them in.
0: Yeah, another yeah. good point. You know, I I guess I guess my analogy, and I always make baseball analogies because that was my world for so long. It's like a knuckleball pitcher back in the day when that thing is working you cannot hit it but god forbid that thing is dead one day you you won't even last two innings I mean I've, yeah, right. I've seen I've seen guys you know with a knuckle type of of ball go go seven eight nine innings no problem whatsoever if it's working if the wind's right whatever if it's not right I literally give up four home runs and he's done after an inning and two-thirds yeah it's I mean, bad that, and that's kind of and that's kind of what I feel about, about the dirty game
1: I just I think that there's going to be a player, and I don't know who that player is, that's going to be, and I think Jamie is the closest to it right now, that's your five-tool player.
0: Yeah. I I actually thought Matthew Killer. I thought Matthew kreek was maybe going to be that guy, he's, but I just didn't see it last year. Either. He's
1: consistently dirty, I mean, as a player. I mean, it's it's so funny. If someone's watching this and they have no idea what we're talking about, calling someone a dirty player, right, <laughs> that's just going to come off so wrong. Yeah. But, be, but I think Jamie's the closest right now that he can he can go hole for hole with somebody sometimes. I mean, I think when you watched him play against Mark Richards at the World Championships and he kind of tried to go hole for hole with Mark yeah. and it just didn't work out. He wasn't able to stay yeah. there. No.
2: That Mark wasn't missing there,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. but I've seen I've seen again with with Creek Killer I've seen him go hole for hole. I know he can do it, and and I feel like he could be a you know quote unquote five tool guy if he wanted to be. I think he has that ability, and you're right, Bernie. One of these days there's going to be that guy that comes along and does that. All right, hey, I, I know you got to go here in a couple minutes, Tanner. So real quick, yeah. real um, jobs, and I'm. Ah. And I'm I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, you've been in this game and, and I tried to ask Stacy, and I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hate to blindside you with this question. I, I should have, I should have uh, texted it to you uh, just beforehand when we were texting, but, but we tried to get Stacy Moore to answer this question and, and he kind of dodged it. He's, he's the commissioner. I get it, but you've been around the game for so long. You've played in different leagues. I mean, you, you, you you've won at a high level. You've won a world championship, uh top 10 in the world. Uh, looking back in the last 10 years, what, 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 what do you like about the sport of cornhole? Like what, where do you see it going? Like, what do you like? And, and is there anything in your mind that you want to change? Like, are, th- are there things, and I'm talking specifically not about TV, not about business, not about, not about, you know, that kind of about specifically the play or maybe the technology of the bags, like something, you know, specific like that. Is there anything you want to see change? The scoring timeouts and anything like that? Do, do you and Kat talk about this at all?
2: Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I feel like everything's going pretty good the way it is. Um, I, know, I know they've um, – I know this year they've shortened up the shot clock on uh, in-between shots. I think it went from 20 to like 12. So, that, that's a pretty big uh, eight seconds. That's a lot of time Yeah, take off. Um, yeah. So, and I, I know there's already been controversy of people calling that out. Um, so – I think that'll be interesting, especially I've I've heard of talks about possibly putting like a live shot clock on uh, live broadcasts or the broadcasts. So that, that'll be pretty interesting, too, to see if that happens. Yeah,
0: What's I mean, the- they have clock operators in other sports, you know, in football and basketball. Now the ACL, the ACL, I get it. We don't have an unlimited budget to have clock operators at every table. But I mean, they haven't. They have a shot clock in other yeah. sports.
1: I can't wait till we have an incident and the person forgets to reset the shot clock. Yeah, it happens. Right, right? And like someone's going to forget to hit the button for like five seconds, and then that person's going to take their 12. Oh, people are going to lose yeah.
0: their minds. Is,
2: I don't know <laughs> if the shot clock's going to have the buzzer on it at 12 seconds.
0: <laughs> the shit out of everybody.
2: <laughs> Dead bag.
0: Dead bag. Dead bag. Yeah, but but that happens, Bernie. I mean, how many times? I mean, you you and I are huge college basketball fans. I mean, I can't tell you the number of of basketball game, college basketball games that I broadcast, and invariably, it always happens at least once or twice a game where you know the the clock will will reset as soon as the ball it's supposed to reset after the ball goes through the net. The other team takes out of bounds, starts coming up the court, and all of a sudden, the person forgot to forgot to reset the clock. It's shocking how
1: it's always the home team that gets the yeah, right, benefit yeah. of
0: that late in the game, too. Yeah. <laughs> but but Tanner, that's a great point. I love that with the shot clock. Anything else? I mean, I know you got to go here. Just a minute left, but like like uh you like the twelve rounds versus first versus uh, first one to twenty one. I I kind of like that we play two different games, just yeah, just like in uh, baseball me, with the DH and non DH for years.
2: Uh, me me personally, I kind of like the twelve rounds. It's different. It's it's uh, a lot of people don't like it, Um, but you know I it's definitely different. I like it. Um, It makes you play a different game, Um, especially, especially the uh, people that like to, I guess you could say block or or whatever a lot. Um, You know, if you miss those blocks first couple rounds, you're going to be, you're going to be chasing the rest of the game now. So, you know, I I like the, I like the 12 round games. A lot of people hate them or or whatever their feelings are for them. Yeah. But um, uh, they're different. I, I like to play them actually. And I've done, pretty well with them for the most part um i feel like i've played well in them for the most part um but they are different i like to uh and you see you see people win that normally don't win or or make it to tv you know because they they have those yeah they get good for enough rounds to get up and then you know they they just survive you know yep. it, it can happen it happened this year a couple of times so
0: all right, but Hey, I know you got to go, so we'll let you go. But thank you so much uh, for your time. Hey, where, where are you playing? Are you going to Illinois this weekend, or where, where are you playing next?
2: Uh, I will not be at anything until Virginia Beach. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the hurricane messed us all up. I was supposed to be in Rock Hill, and then uh, I was planning on going to Louisville. But then uh, Catherine, it ended up being on the same weekend of the big benefit tournament she does in Virginia for the Shriners. Um, so I went there with her. Uh, and then yeah, I won't be at anything until Virginia Beach, that'll be the first open for me, and then uh, obviously we'll be at Myrtle Beach as well.
1: Um, but, right. New Year's, New Year's in myrtle yeah.
2: again,
0: yeah. again. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, I can't wait to see you, so I guess I probably won't see you till Myrtle Beach, so I'll see you then. But uh, seriously, Tanner, thank you so much to you and, and to cat and everything you guys do for the league. and. And uh, just on a personal level, thanks for being that guy. I can ask dumb questions too. Kind of my go-to guy, but uh, have loved getting to know you and your family. And I and, uh, can't wait to see you guys again. Thanks, bud. Oh, for
2: sure. Thanks for having me.
0: See you, buddy. Thanks. All right, Tanner. We'll see you later. All right. We'll see you. Uh, what a good dude. Yep. Seriously, got to have gotta have those guys. Hey, speaking of which, uh, we only got a couple minutes left, but speaking of benefits, so Frank Modlin is coming to Charleston this week. I forgot really? to tell you that. Yeah. So we're doing a uh, we're doing a cornhole tournament slash chili cookoff for our office on the real estate side. Thanks for the invite. And uh, well, I didn't think you'd want to come. You, you, you I love Charleston. What are you talking about? Well, come I'll on, down. there for ten years. Bring man. some chili and come on down. So I so I was thinking, that, Dude. I mean, these people these people in our office um, in our real estate office. I actually can't. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I've got the football tour. I'll be in uh, at Penn See, State, Ohio what, State. I need to be busy. You're always busy. <laughs> That's why I didn't ask Trey either, because I know he's probably busy too. He's going to some Clemson game, probably. Um, hey, yeah, we had fun last weekend. By the way, at Clemson I that was a great weekend. But yeah, so so the uh, the people in our office they absolutely love watching the broadcasts on TV. They love the sport. They love the ACL. One of the guys in our office who you who I think you know, Stuart Devault, he's like one of the heirs of Bush's beans. Hmm. So, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and he's he's a great guy and great family. So anyway, so I thought, man, if I could get like an ACL pro there, um, that'd be great. So I was trying to think like who who I could call. Frank's could perfect call. It, yeah. Well. Yeah. So I, I, I thought, okay. Well, Jamie and Kaylee and Frank are probably closest to Charleston. Get down here in a few hours. Jamie and Kaylee are actually already playing an event here in Charleston. The, the Chucktown baggers or whatever they are. Yeah. They've got an event on Saturday. They couldn't come down early. But um, but Frank wasn't going to Illinois, so Frank was like, "Yeah, he's he's like I can make it." So Frank's coming down on Thursday to play in the uh, cornhole tournament, and do like Q and A, and we'll do a raffle and give us some money to uh, Basket Brigade. It's a charity here in town that gives money to Low Country Food Bank for Thanksgiving dinner. So it'll be fun. Look at you, man. We go. I'm not doing anything. You know I suck. So I'm, I'm no, just I'm just. Saying,
1: but I mean, did you help put it together?
0: Well, I mean, you I got Frank it? there, yeah, and organize the raffle and try and raise. Some Look money, at you, but. Yeah. but uh, but yeah, Tim and Tim Walter are our broker in charge. He's he he and Linda Radabush. I mean, they're they're kind of putting the whole thing together, but it'll be
1: fun. It will be fun, actually. I yeah. I gotta get down there, man. I miss Charleston so much. I don't I it it kills me, actually.
0: Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm glad we're staying. It's a great place. You know, the 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 other crazy thing about cornhole is is that I'm finding fewer and fewer people who have never seen a broadcast. Like, isn't it pretty cool for you guys to think about? That, fewer and fewer I mean, there's still yeah i mean I, I rarely run into someone who hasn't at least watched yeah. it a little bit on tv whether they like it or not whatever but who haven't you, at least seen it you want to know
1: what an awkward conversation is when someone asks you what you do and then you try to explain it and you're like i have no idea what you're
0: talking about yeah and then they, they, they walk away <laughs> yeah i still get some of those sometimes yeah. it's the worst
1: I, it's like you really haven't seen it it's on like three networks it, okay yeah see ya it's, yeah
0: i've had a few of those where as soon as i say oh yeah and i broadcast cornhole too i'm like what oh they're gone yeah, I well, don't have a TV. Okay, well, cool. <laughs> good,
1: good talking to you. Right, We've got yeah. nothing in common.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh. Well. Hey. Good luck with with everything you guys got going on. And um. Episode. One 50. day, man.
1: I think we're getting closer and closer. I think we're a couple weeks out from uh when the folks get in here and redo everything. So.
0: Good. All right. Episode fifty coming soon. Oh! All, right. all right, buddy. All right, dude. Have a great week. See ya. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. See you.